But the truth is we are not born equal. We are born different because we come from different families, different backgrounds, different stories. We are not born equal, but today you can change it. Raise 1000 Voices is the podcast on a mission to raise the voices of the clever, creative and courageous women across the world. I am your host, Jacqueline Nagel, and I invite you to join me in conversations with women who will inspire and empower you as we explore just how to lift our levels of self-trust, to reclaim the narrative and to use our voice to go after exactly what we want, doing it with strength, power and grace. Welcome to the next conversation in the Race 1000 Voices podcast series. I'd love to welcome and introduce you to Mana Abraham. Mana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me here today. It's more than okay. Am I here because we speak to people all around the world? So where in the world are you right now? Right now, I'm in uh, Australia. To be specific, I'm in South Australia, Adelaide. And I believe it's incredibly hot down there at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so today is the second, third day of the heat wave here. So it's 36, 37 today. But I think the beauty about that is you don't go out, you don't step out. So you're most of the time you're in Acon. Yesterday I had to step out for a few minutes and it was quite hot outside, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Nana, We're going to have a conversation about the work that you're currently known for and that you've moved into, but I'm really curious, and for those of our audience listening along at home or wherever they happen to be, I would love just a quick overview of who you are and how you, that journey to get to the place that you are now. Mm, All right. So where do you want me to start? Like it starts from my experiences or start from a a career shift yeah yeah yeah. so your experiences where you were I mean when we were talking before this conversation we were talking about the fact that you were something before now you were CPA accountant but kind of how you went into that pathway then how you changed and where you've landed Mm. I think maybe I'll start from where I think is very relevant for what you're doing. And I think it's very important for women as well to know that. So I'm born in India and uh, brought up in uh, a place, a culture where a uh, first child as a girl is really not an invited uh, guest. Yeah. So you want a girl child in the first place. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I happen to be a girl child, but my parents wanted me so much, but not the society or my grandparents or anyone else. And yeah. um, I lost my mom when I was two. So wow. a child, girl child who is not so wanted and losing your mom at that age is pretty much like you're losing your base. And uh, yeah. thankfully, thankfully, I, I really don't have any memories, but thankfully it's my father's mother who wanted me still. As a girl yeah. child, in spite of me being a girl child. So the so-called taboo around is you're not wanted, but thankfully my grandmother, she loved me as a woman. And in spite of the fact she is not educated and she didn't have anything, all she told me was to get educated and have patience, yeah. irrespective of whatever I get to hear. And it's only because of that one woman who believed in me without knowing anything about what I'm going to be. And she's not there now to see who I am, what I do. But because of that one woman who supported a girl child, I'm here today. I love that so much because I'm a big believer that it only takes one person to see somebody else. 
to create the difference in the world and a sense of belonging. Yeah. So that was as a young girl in India and it, it sounds like a very different place to being in Australia. So walk us through how that journey to education and to then opportunities, obviously, and how you landed in Australia. Hmm. So because of my grandmother wanting me to be educated, to study, so irrespective of everything that is going on around whatever is the situations, family, it mattered a lot, but it's almost like education was my only passport to the world. Yes. So I decided to study and I was interested in my education after a point by the time I was 18. Again, as a girl child, your choices are limited. You have to get married, become a wife of so-and-so. So there are strong decisions against social culture, taboos, values, family conditionings, the things you have to question and the things you have to be prepared to leave behind to make your voice heard or to make your presence and to make the change. You should be really a visionary. So I had to leave my home quite young because I didn't want to get married and become one among so many. And I left with really, if you convert into dollars right now, it's $200. I left home with that because I had to question all these status quo and traditions and things. And I had to make a choice to live on my own. Come what may, I will live on my own and pursue that. So I started off to be an engineer. I studied for engineering. And then I realized every girl in India is an engineer, wife of (laughs) so-and-so. So I didn't want to be that. And then I said, I needed a challenge. I want to do something different. And then only 1,000 people qualify a year, but still I wanted to be a chartered accountant. So I left my home, leaving the family behind, leaving the society. Nobody wanted it again because girl leaving the house is a shame. And I decided anyway to do that. That's such a different perspective to have what so many of us are used to. Yeah. 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 So you really had to fight for that. Internally you have to fight for it. Yeah. yeah, internally, because you know you're leaving it. You know that uh, you are not going to get supported anymore. You know that how you will survive, you don't know, but still you fight and you move. And I left. It's not like here where by the time you're 18, you leave, you get into some job or you work with some. It's not like that. It's completely different uh, situation then. You have to protect yourself and I had to leave into a completely different state. It's not like in Australia, at least you speak English state to state but had to leave to a neighboring state where they speak completely different language different food and uh, you talk about racism here but the racism is right there in the country within the country because one state do not accept the other but anyway long story short that that inner strength guided me to leave my home leaving everything behind and I pursued my education I become a chartered accountant and I happened to be and I wanted to travel. So people said, oh, you can't travel because you're a girl. And I said, no, I will travel. And I traveled. So first I landed in US and I was the youngest CFO for a Los Angeles-based CPA firm in US. And that's how I changed my story. And yeah. now looking back, I changed the story of many other girls who could have been just wife off, so-and-so, so-and-so. And they pursued careers and they stepped out because... Men are stepped out. So yeah. in the moment, we feel rejections, abandonments and everything. But I think we have to be a visionary in the darkness. Yeah, we do. Um, we really do. We have yeah. to actually, I always um, think back to that saying of, you know, we 
we can't, women particularly have to see before they go. Like we can't be who we can't see, I think is the mantra. Yeah. And yeah. My, my philosophy is also, but there always has to be a first person to go there. There always mm. has to be a first person and you can't take people where you haven't been yeah. yourself, right? So I love that, the visionary in the in the darkness because it's it's so important that we actually don't wait for permission and we don't wait to see someone first. Like you didn't necessarily see someone first. You just knew that you wanted yeah. something different. Yeah. And because of that, people, as you just said, people say, well, Mana could do that so I can do that. Yeah, I can um, do it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. Yeah. So you land in you land in the US. What comes next? Yeah, then I'm a chartered accountant by then and I'm also a cost and works accountant by then with all these experiences and I landed there. And then I had an amazing career, amazing life as a chartered accountant, a CPA. I worked with so many countries from then on. I worked with at least eight countries, uh, yeah. transitioning projects, building offices and um, I mean, chartered accountant, CPA plus international taxation advisor. So I worked in all these capacities, but one thing that always constantly made me to move forward is your inner strength, because the differences you see are the differences you see, because a woman who is coming from absolutely normal, encouraging environment and a woman who is coming from no encouraging environment, they both face the same challenges and difficulties. Yeah. So it's not that one gets a better or just because I come from this kind of, you know, the fight and moving forward does not make my life any more harder than to the other person who is well taken care of and coming there because it's still you have to. And again, it's not different for men as well, because men also struggle the same way. It's not the same thing. But being in the boardroom, sitting in the boardrooms and taking decisions if uh, I observe from my experience that only if I see myself as a woman, there is a difference. Oh, but- I love that. I've been having conversations with so many women about this recently. And one of our, one of my private clients was saying, you know, she's built multi-million dollar businesses, very holds world records in business. And she said, I didn't actually start considering that I was at a disadvantage until I started listening to other people telling me I was. Yeah. So it's really right. interesting that you say that, that when you felt like you were being treated differently was when you went there first. Yeah, that's right. So if I saw myself like a woman and then if I started behaving like a man, wearing trousers, chopping my hair, and if I do that, that's when I'm bringing a difference. Otherwise, there is no difference because a man and a woman in their own way are having the same challenges. Yeah. But I create my problems and challenges because I choose to be a victim of my past. That's when we create the difference and then we make it obvious. Otherwise, it's, I won't say this is just merit. I will not say it's just social skills. I will not say it's just leadership skills. It's a sum of everything and everybody has the same challenge. Yeah, it's a universal. It's a universal challenge. Man or a woman does not matter. But when I see that, as my lacuna or I am lacking something, that's when that problem, you're throwing light onto that problem and you're projecting yeah. it. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's been my journey. And having said that, I had very good uh, female uh, women mentors and I had very good mentors who were men. And I had yeah. so many problems that I had to deal with and face and overcome with women and the same thing with men. So Absolutely. It's a different journey. So, yeah, yeah, that's been 
uh, my journey. And then I really remember this, like I went to receive my CEO who has come to see the offices that we built. And then he said one thing. And when we watching, walking through the office and people, he said, no matter where you are, whatever country you're operating from, the emotions you share are the same. Yeah. What an incredible CEO to be able to articulate that. Yeah, it's the same. And it comes from a man who is Christian Ben. So it's the same. It's the yeah. same emotions. So, and then what you said, that I think they are the reasons why you lose those filters of finding the difference from other person. And, you know, in this case, I, because I'm a woman, I can think being at a woman gave me the disadvantage. And uh, in another case, if I'm a man, I may say, oh, because I come from a poor background <laughs> that gave me a yeah. disadvantage and you know you are who you are and if I I have a problem of brown skin then I can use my brown skin as a disadvantage and I can create it into a cultural diversity issue so the differences are not out there they are there here in yeah they're inside inside. yeah absolutely So you realize this, you made some observations in the boardrooms, you realized that the only differences were when you created them. And then you talked about this incredible phrase from your CEO, which I love. So what happened from there? Like, what did that create within you? Where did you go with that? Because a lot of people kind of start to understand that, but they don't necessarily change or shift anything as a result of it. Mm, Yeah. So I think it's also important for a person to be, having that inner strength is very important because when you do not build that or develop that muscle of inner strength, you start to take support from someone and you start believing in them and you start thinking expectations. You expect that they are my strength. And because of that, you don't see yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. invisible. Yeah. And knowingly or unknowingly, I think that's the advantage I had is that, you know, you know, no, you don't have money. That's okay. But there is that inner strength. And then you realize the power of yourself. Like, okay, I don't have any money. I don't know where my food comes from. And somebody comes and offers you food. Somebody comes and offers you accommodation and then you build on it. And in the process, it's not just a story, rosy story. It's like you do have opportunities to question your ethics and values and how far can you fall down? How far do you want to violate your own ethics and values and standards? And it's when we stand for that, instead of falling into it because of the fear of future or whatever, that's when these amazing opportunities open up. And that's how my opportunities opened up because I stood for it. It's almost like a reward for you're tested and you know where you will not fall. Yeah. I will not lie. I will not be doing any of these things. It's purely based on these considerations. I'm going to build my life. I'm not going to ask for concessions. I'm not doing any of those. I will stand my equal footing or I'll take the stand, equal stand. And when you do that, not because you're different, but you can have 10,000 things, 10,000 reasons to feel that you are at a disadvantage. But when you have this inner strength and when you prove your own metal to yourself, opportunities will open up. Absolutely. So, Mena, what is it that you're doing in the world now? Right now, I think it's a completely different thing. So from being a chartered accountant, CPA, international tax advisor, and being a very analytical go-getter person, yeah. now uh, my expertise is in uh, trauma healing and spiritual evolution. That's my space. <laughs> That's that is I'm... quite a shift. That's quite a changing gears. <laughs> yeah, quite a changing gears. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, I think wherever I was working and because of my own experiences, because of the abuse I experienced and because of uh, the things I had to go through. And what I also understood is I was quite uh, a reflective person. And I realized that my helping hand is here. It's not there. So Mm -hmm. because of that, I don't. I was thinking, how can I overcome my fears? I couldn't sleep till about 25, 26 without a light in the, yes. in the nights. And it was quite um, traumatic. So I had to work out on my own with my mind. And I realized that how much I play or the minds, they put emphasis on the illusion and the memory, which is not happening now. Yes. And we create these artificial fears and we create past, present and future at the same time. And I saw it. And when I saw it, I saw the result that I got it. And from then on, when I'm working with teams, I build the teams. And I'm so proud of the fact that the teams I built way back in 2006, 2007, 10, they're still with me today because I realized that it's not nobody here no amount of leadership training and on teaching how to speak to a person or how you have to learn if somebody's dominating you come from inspiring space they're all such band-aid tools that you're really not addressing the issue of a person and that means you're looking at the person as a resource and not as a person as a human being they're not resources Mm. they're human beings they're people so what i understood is they put you through all this leadership trainings, Myers-Briggs and uh, so many inventory, all of that stuff. And I realized you're teaching a person how to be reactive and speak to them and get your job done, but you're really not seeing as a human being. And somehow I could see that in my team, in my own little way. And then I realized that's what is required. And then uh, I made those changes. I could make those shifts in people. And then somehow I realized that's me. I can see people and then I don't have this need to be anybody other than who I am. So I never craved for promotions or any of that sort. It took me there because I didn't see the difference. And then I realized, yep, I'm done with the corporate world. So how long ago was that? When were you done with the corporate world? Uh, It's now exactly four years. Wow. Okay. What did you do as you changed? What, What were the steps that you took? How did you shift? So I think when you truly lose hope, And when you think there is no choice, that's when the real choice comes up. So the real Mm. hope, the real opportunity opens up. And time and again, again, multiple, multiple things, traveling different countries. And finally, when I landed in Australia, I realized that this is where I want to be. I fell in love with Adelaide because I've been in busy places, busy countries, busy spaces. And I fell in love with this place and I wanted some stability to my life instead of living uh, just continuously living in hotel rooms so I really wanted to be here and then when uh, this shift happened in May and again this can be daunting and the reason why I'm explaining is if I'm back home and then if I'm traveling you have the security of a job or a security of a side hustle or the family that you can fall back on or parents have to go back into when you're starting on your own I didn't have any of that No, there was no infrastructure around you. No infrastructure or no support to fall back on. Again, the inner strength plays the role. And that inner strength will guide you. And that's what I always talk to my clients and teach my students that it's important that you place that trust in yourself. 
it's very mm-hmm. important it's not a egoistic pursuit because you don't know what you're capable of and mm-hmm. when you do that here i'm not speaking anything airy fairy and i can be absolutely illogical here coming from a very analytical background yeah, but still, very yeah yeah but still that magic happens because once you're believing in your mind and you change your story you attract opportunities and i was in uh australia and then i decided no more i'm no more going to be in this i was in local government i i knew that it's over the chapter is over like my chapter yeah. was over like 5 years ago but since i made the move to australia and i was a financial controller with the local government here and then it's like i knew it's over i yeah. had to transition so i think the key is when you knew that is over then it is not about worrying about it it's about being very strategic and i decided right I'm taking a 50% cut of my wage and my salary and I'm working here but I know that I'm an entrepreneur and that's my capital I'm investing in my future. Yes. So I may not be able to afford the same kind of lifestyle or 3 new dresses per month or so many new shoes <laughs> per month. No, I'm going to give up all that lifestyle and at one point I had so many but it's about being strategic about the change about the shift and building it to that point and being okay with not having those comforts that i was used to otherwise if you buy into your mind at that point of time like look at me i could afford that now i cannot afford it i could do that now i cannot do this then you create and project the fear of the future but we should be strategic about it and i said okay yeah so i need to have time i don't know whether i'm doing something here or not i have to be strategic that i need time to strategize and to think and to go back into that space and i did it and uh, i did uh, my other things that i wanted to do to learn but living a very modest life nothing none of those yeah. fancy stuff yeah but could afford yeah. being in corporate a strategy and then opportunities came up and then i partnered and then i collaborated and then after that i realized i have a voice i have a message to share an untainted no expectations no judgment no bias voice of mine mm. i wanted that i wanted that message to go out and that message i realized that nobody else can share that because i operate from a space of i don't have any expectations from you i don't yes. have any judgments about you i'm not yeah. operating here thinking that by having this conversation i'll make so much profit i'm not in that space but most of the people who are into business world they are not like that they are they equate every conversation and opportunity with profit with money and i'm not in that space so i realized that i have to be an expression of myself and i have yes. to see my own fears around that am i doing that because i'm i fear i may not have a future business do i do this because i have so i had to see myself raw bare yeah and be okay with it and that's how, how do you I- how do you work your way through those fears when they come up because one of the things that when i'm working with women especially in finding their voice because the only thing that holds women back from speaking up is fear and it's usually self constructed it's usually not real how do you work your way through that fear because i think it's in sharing the strategies around that that we can almost normalize that this is something we need to work through it's going to arise and it's mm-hmm. going to i guess claw at us but how do you move through when you recognize that it's a fear and that it's not necessarily your reality yeah i think my mantra is i really have nothing to lose yeah 
nothing to lose really because everything else we're creating family children career lifestyle society social social norms we are creating it and we are thinking oh that's something we are depending we are basing our identity on what they think because that's what we are aspiring to be the way we look the way we dress we want them we want to fit into someone's model of the world but yes. again i didn't share this story of mine so 2004 i think so i was uh, i was still in my at that point the last phase of my studies and uh, i had to experience tsunami so i was living so close to the sea and i had to experience that and then morning i was there out for my exam and when i afternoon by the time i am home everything is gone you only have bodies and uh, wrecked homes and everything and i had to leave the place overnight so over my life and future everything that i built because it's not i'm not operating from a space where i have a family to support and somebody no it's not i'm building brick by brick to get there taking some loans from friends and i'm living on that mode and then life is over i had one yeah. first exam and then after that you don't have the next nine exams and you don't know when you're going to write that again because of this disaster so you have to leave overnight in a crowded train that place and you go and you have to live somewhere so there is this inner strength that is really nothing to lose and after 6 months when i when i came back to the same place life moved on life will move on yeah but it does move on it does move on but we think this is the end of the world when something does not go according to our plan but sometimes it is important to surrender to the plan to the plan but may not be our plan maybe it may be yeah. someone else plan but the ego kicks in and it's like i have to control it again our past memories our past traumatic memories can also come up and say i have to be independent i have to prove i can do it i have to prove i'm efficient or judgments about like you're yeah, right because that man hurt me so this man are bad or that woman behave like this with me so that means even every every other woman who looks like that is bad so you st- constantly project that but you have to become aware of that and see that life is not over and even if no. it's over and this is my perspective about it this is where i operate from even if it's over it doesn't matter because we are just a small particle but yeah. we attach ourselves too much so yeah. that's my spiritual aspect of maybe if you want to call it because it can be very direct to face that but that's where it's there's nothing to lose it's a game it's fun so it's not this strategy another strategy yeah for so many reasons i could talk to you all day about this because i really believe for example you know and i'm quite open on this podcast i'm in my 50s now and i believe that aging is a privilege and should be celebrated and we get mm-hmm. to you know we get to do a little bit more of what we'll put on this earth to do i do feel like getting older puts you on notice that you don't have a lot mm-hmm. of time yeah. um one of the things that i've noticed is you have this incredible faith in your inner strength you um obviously trust it it's something that has got you through some of the circumstances that many of our audiences would not be familiar with at a personal level where do you think that inner strength was born like where did that gift come from i think it's because we are so used to depending depending on parents depending on someone depending on everything but sometimes we have to test by not depending and seeing what's going to happen and yeah. you have to allow your intuition to come to the surface because even this morning in my training i was telling them you don't access or channel somewhere 
it's here it's just that yeah. you are wearing a mask and not seeing it mm-hmm. so it's not about accessing and getting it you don't have to be aggressive about it you don't have mm-hmm. to make it happen it's here it's right here it's just that i'm wearing a colored glass or a mask and i'm choosing not to see but your intuition your superpower is right here and because we are so tuned to depending depending yes. on someone to take us somewhere someone to give us something someone to give us a solution but once you start focusing internally there then again when i said that in a strength please don't get me wrong that people didn't help me because it is people people and people you are connected to people but amazingly when you focus that that into towards your inner self there are amazing miraculous magical people who will come and help you and who are there to support you so it's yeah. all about you making the decision that right able to trust yourself and say i want this i don't know how i don't have to prove why i'm so and so so and so but this is what i want and people opportunities will come to you yeah but that again is not magic it's pure connection yeah. like my mind and your mind we are connected we are connected on energy level mind level yeah it's i this again so many things that one of the things i just wanted to go to briefly was because one of the questions i was going to say is a lot of people we're almost being conditioned into this scenario globally and i'm not talking individually where it's like that fierce rugged individualism so seeing um as being self-reliant and self-trusting and in a strength has actually crossed over into individual in like rugged individualism and this this fierce independence that's almost creating division and divisiveness and disconnectedness what do you see with that and how do we shift that at a larger level is it just simply by coming back to the truth of who we are and allowing that and allowing connection what is it that you see in that that's tearing us apart and how do you think we shift that hmm so i think this is just a journey jacqueline here because the journey is i used to say this like i always work with the chairpersons and the top management so i always had access and privy to that space always and i was always there so that was not new in a way but when i see when we recruit new managers or new people on board or new cs on board when they suddenly have access to that power or when they suddenly have access to the authority they don't know how to do how to deal with it and suddenly they will resolve resolve to showing it off showing the power or voicing it being authoritative about it but the real power who already are powerful they're quiet they're silent and they make yes. things when you first introduce to it and then they want to prove they want to show then the voice raises but again mm-hmm. when they get seasoned with it and when they get comfortable in that power and authority it's no more a separate identity it's them then yeah settles down so now i think in the process i was thinking about it and when i coach my clients i tell them too that this is a wave and if you're feeling that you have your voice should be heard and you're being there that means you're just accessing you're stepping into that new identity when you're stepping into the new identity there's always the need to show prove heard be seen and then once that with time once that settles down and you it's not time again it's your understanding when you get comfortable in your skin then you don't have the need to be seen heard or anything because you are yeah so now this new wave is about 
finding themselves and in the process of finding themselves it's natural to want to mm. be seen to be heard and to make that noise and then after that you are yeah it's so part of the evolution almost part isn't of it? the evolution that's right so it's very yeah. broad example of an organization is that we are humans and we exactly behave the same way whether in a family system when you just enter into it as a new family member or when you get into an organization or when you get into a team or you get into a sport yes we are humans and that's the evolution and that's the journey so people they they go through their stuff they want to show they want to prove and you know sometimes it will hurt you and still you observe because you have to allow them to settle in yes into that absolutely. new power yeah i heard in a conversation uh a couple of weeks ago somebody actually said that resistance is simply opportunity a potential knocking on your door yeah and i thought of that you know because we caught up in so many particularly the women I've been working with so many feel the resistance and think that that's an indicator to stop and she's no. like no that's your indicator to go that's your indicator that's your potential knocking on the door of your heart yeah and i i really love that and that ties in so beautifully with this evolution what is it that you see in people man or what is it like you know i feel as though you've almost got an eye to humanity with the way that you look at people and understand them what do you see when you look at people around you that really lights you up number 1 and the second part of that that gives you hope for the future of humanity i think it's the potential yeah because at this point where i'm functioning i tell my people when they ask me what do you do what is your modality or what is it it's not i believe in you and you raise up to live into that magical yeah. being so i see the potential because i can only see that because i was nobody and just because of that inner strength people came in and they made me yeah and then i involuntarily stood up to that faith in me so i think i i'm bound to give you that faith like you are my magical being and you will raise up to that because as a society when we are struggling to fit into somebody's world and mold on a very lower frequency i have absolute faith that on a very higher frequency if i see you as a magical being you will raise up to be the magical being and i see that in all my clients everybody i see that i cannot stop doing that so i don't heal modalities techniques therapies i see that magical being that potential that raw potential what you are capable of and then by the faith i place in you you'll naturally raise up to that because you have it so i'm not creating what is any- the, what is the thing that stops the people when you first meet these potential magical human beings what is the thing that you notice stops most people from just being that just stepping into that just allowing that to be their truth it's just that they're not looking inwards and upwards they're looking mm-hmm. outwards and down mhm that's that because everything in life is just a way of looking at it mhm just a way of looking at it so if you're trying to fit in because you know i was also there once in terms of wearing a branded clothes corporate clothes grays blacks and blues and whites and then you're trying to fit in so when you work so hard to fit into something that is so illusionary you just have to look up and raise your frequency and that's where you are so it's just that instead of looking down and out i make them to see i help them to see inwards and up that's all we do 
And by changing that angle, that you're natural, it's almost like you drive. You drive very well when you're seeing far ahead, isn't it? Not when you see yes. up close or sides, yes. you get distracted. So that's all we do. We only enable, empower, inspire them to look up. And that does not mean you have less challenges there and more cha- <laughs> no, no. You have more challenges there and it is even more chaotic. But still, if you're willing to put yourself and lower your standards and values over here, then you, are, you, you you will not have any less challenges or less chaos here. You will, but still you will look up looking and look up. inwards. Yeah, and then you will realize your potential. And by looking inwards, what you also, what is important again as a leader, as an enabler, empowerer, and I teach this to my students is, you should be a person without any filters, where you lose uh, right and wrong, good and bad, and you are not in yes. this zone anymore. And when I am a mirror, you are bound to be a mirror to me because you cannot mm-hmm. see anything in me. So it's important that the collective individuality. So I become a mirror, you become a mirror, and the collective individuality, we become mirrors and we become yeah. transparent for each other. So that's what I would take them to. Or I would give I love them. that so much. One of the major changing points of my own journey was when I realized and not just that I heard but I really started to embody that there is no right there is no wrong there simply is Um, that changed my perspective on my past it Mm. changed my perspective on what was possible it changed it and it also allowed me to move to a place of grace and gratitude and love Mm. and that was the biggest thing that I noticed was it took out if it truly was that there is no bad there is no good there simply is there is no right Mm. there is no wrong it took away all of the angst of trying to understand, of trying to mm. get people to, and as you said, it was that external dependency. Because yeah. in when I first embodied all of that, it changed my perspective across the board. And all of a sudden it was, and I think that was the start of the journey of me understanding that it was truly my own strength that was going to get me through anything. So I really love that. Manu, with the work that you do now, you've talked about your students and your clients. What is it that you're creating in the world? think I'm creating a fearless, egoless world. That's what I'm creating. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it that you help people move through? I help more people move through their own perceived illusions and prisons of fear Mm -hmm. and hurt. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Because we are not shackled by anything external. We are only shackled by our own perceived prison of illusions, fears, past and hurt, because it's not happening right now. Yes, we all had experienced traumatic experiences. We all come from certain degree of catastrophes. And even if that, because the field I teach is about biomemories, the biomemories of how you are with or without your knowledge, with or without your choice, you are affected by the catastrophes, wars and apartheids in the past. And you carry those biomemories from your parents or from your families, you carry them. However, you have a free will too. That free will yes. is, today I was talking to a client of mine, my, my one of my students. So she went through enormous struggle in her life, being a child who has been adopted, brought up in foster homes. And then for her, the feeling of I'm not born equal was a challenge that she had to go through in her late 50s. But the truth is we are not born equal, Jacqueline. We are born different. 
because we come yeah. from different families, different backgrounds, different stories. We are not born equal, but today you can change it. I actually really love, and I want to almost put a pin on that for our entire audience. We are not born equal. We are not born equal. No. And we can change it at any time. And yeah. I just love that because it's it's almost like the the resentments and the traumas and the wanting to be who we're not come because we're, we've bought into this myth that we are supposed to be born equal. No, we are no. not. Exactly. And we're not, but it's it's like there's been this conditioning, this collective conditioning that we should be born equal mm. and it should be this and it should be that. And I love that perspective of we're not born equal, but we can change it. Yeah. Because we have agency and free will. Yeah. And what breaks your heart? What breaks my heart? It's interesting if I say it this way, but I, I think I'm in that place really, hand on my heart, where really nothing breaks my heart. But where I feel compelled or where I feel motivated to do something about it is when even in the darkest hours of your life, if you can look inwards, there is a solution. Yeah. And I feel compelled still. I mean, I had, I'm trying to be in that space, but still, I still have that feeling where I feel compelled to say that even in your darkest hour, when you think there is no choice, there is no hope, and this is the end of it, if you look inwards, there is that light, and that light mm -hmm. is within you. And I mm -hmm. feel compelled to do that for others, that that light is within you. And yeah. Yeah. That's my, yeah. So. I love that. So when you think about the young girl, the, the girl child first born who then lost her mother at the age of two, the decisions and the choices that you made all the way through as a young girl and as a teenager and then a young adult, what of that young girl have you brought through with you to who you are today? I think it is strength. Mm. That inner strength of the girl child. Yeah. It may look like you're not wanted. It may look like you don't have a family. But now, yes, I lost my mom when I was two, but I have my moms around the world now. Yes, I may not yeah. have a family and I left them behind and maybe they don't want me to. But the last year I went, I visited my parents, I visited everybody and I'm complete with absolute sense of gratitude. And once I shifted, they are ready to receive me. And yeah, it's that child, like, you know, it's that strength, that strength to raise the weakness because people are, people may reject you, people may abandon you, not because you are not wanted, but because of their own fears and hurts. Yeah. And if we can have that compassion and empathy, in spite of the fact I'm getting hurt, in spite of the fact I'm abused, but it is not coming from a space about me, it's about that person's fear and hurt. And if we can shift it, then our strength will pull it up. Yeah. Did you have to embrace forgiveness at all as part of this journey and being able to step into the full strength of who you are? So this is, again, interesting. I have a completely different view about forgiveness because we tend to use forgiveness as a tool of suppression. But yes, where there is understanding, there is no need for forgiveness. Because, yes, somebody abused me, but I understand. And I'm not thinking like, why me? Why did it happen to me? Because I don't have that ego or identity there. It happened. It's an accident. It happened. And that person did a mistake. It's unfair. But 
that person did it out of their own inability, their fears and their hurts. And in the process, there is no space for forgiveness. There is only space for understanding. Once you understand, there is no forgiveness. But if I have to forgive, then that's my distraction. I'm suppressing it. So that's my take. And that's what, again, I teach through my program about don't forgive because, again, forgiveness is when I work with my clients, the key is if you're forgiving, you're happy to have lunch with them or a coffee with them and have a heart-to-heart chat and say, you are the best. Can you do it? Mm -hmm. And after forgiveness, if you're able to do that, yeah, that's a forgiveness. But forgiveness for your own sake, to protect yourself, to create your boundaries, then you're creating separation, not an understanding. So we have to cross that barrier and truly understand that life. And for that, we have to cross the barriers of I, me. Mm -hmm. We have to cross that. Otherwise, we hold the hurt. Like, And I can still say I forgave the person, but we're still hold the hurt. holding the hurt. So that's where I see. So that in my world, forgiveness has no meaning. Understanding is forgiveness. I think but the world would be a much better place if we could all embrace that. Yeah, it would be empathy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. It's complete and pure empathy when it comes to that level. Yeah. Mano, what inspires you? What inspires me? Hmm. This is interesting again. Everything inspires me. And uh, yeah. to the point I was having this conversation and I said, the street light inspires me because that street light has got no expectations. Somebody turns it on, it's on, it gives light, and somebody turns it off, it's off, and that's it done. Day and night, it's done. It does not complain. So point is, where are you searching? So for me, everything inspires <gasps> me. Yeah, Every bit I love that. Inspires me. Yeah. yeah. What is your hopes for the next few years in the life of Manor? At the moment, again, I cho- I'm choosing my purpose. So the purpose I'm choosing right now is to create a zero trauma project and I'm traveling the world to create my residential programs because my expertise is to heal trauma in 45 minutes. So I do that. So I want to take this to the world. And this year I laid the foundations for that. That is amazing. Where do we find out about the zero trauma project? My trauma, zero trauma project. So I'm, at the moment, I'm calling it Beyond Trauma Residential Programs. And the cause is this: the project, Zero Trauma Project. It's the landing page. And if you get onto manabraham.com, you will see all the details about that. That's where you can I, find it. I look forward to actually becoming part of your world. I think it's being able to clear trauma. And sometimes, I'm going to say something controversial, sometimes the perception of trauma. Yeah. Being able to remove that. I think is one of the most incredible gifts that you can bring to the world. That's true. That's so true. Yeah. 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 Mana, I could talk to you all day. I'm going to stay very much in your world. I love the work that you're setting out on and that purpose and that mission. But for right now, we need to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Really, really, you're a wonderful person. Thank you. So nice. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you. Mm, Thank you. 
Thank you for joining me for this episode of Raise 1000 Voices. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. And if you have, then I would love you to subscribe to and rate the show on your favorite platform. Our show notes, resources, and links to all our socials can be found at anygiventuesday.com.au forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a growing community of clever, creative, and courageous women who know that they want to be seen, heard, and remembered, then join us in our Facebook group, Raise 1000 Voices. Until we speak again, take care and remember, you were born to raise your voice.